We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. I think there'll be a race to get this movie made, which yes. means it'll stink. It'll be awful. Let's talk about it. Sure. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, Head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Lair. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, where absolutely nothing happened last weekend in the world of Premier League. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, I am your host, Michael Gottlieb, and along with me is Andrew Laird. And Andrew, we have a champion. Uh, if I told you at the beginning of this season 
that Eden Hazard would score the game, uh, sorry, the championship clinching goal in game week 36 at Stamford Bridge to clinch the title. You wouldn't think that was too far fetched until I told you that it would be for Leicester City. I think that's even the best part is that um, it had nothing to do with him. Although he made it very much about him <laughs> with his comments before the match. Yeah, we'll get to that. Oh, actually, I did kind of get to that when we talked uh, last week uh, for the preview pod for this past weekend. But uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same, I guess. Uh, but congratulations to Lester. Uh, let's talk about the macro first, and then we'll get to the actual games themselves. Uh, we, we've said it multiple times before. Uh, it's a, it's the best sports upset story of all time it's the of course the longest betting odds to pay off ever uh but that's that that's not important uh what what to me what i felt was the most important part of this is what has to be now a revolution in thought about this sport because it used to be that you had to get a certain you know, price point on players and the certain quality of players to win anything of significance, which the Premier League is a significant title. And you have to think, Andrew, that at least in the short future, that that's that has that thinking has to change. I disagree. I don't think the uh, the run that Leicester made will uh, make bigger clubs think they don't need to be as big in terms of spending. And I mean, regardless of the story of Lester coming, being this, what we believe to be a, you know, tiny club in the middle of nowhere, uh, they have a billionaire owner that has spent considerable money. I mean, we're not talking about Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool money, but it's still much more money than, uh, many people think, and I don't think there's any uh, indication that they're going to pull back. They're going to get what I believe is 150 million pounds for winning this title in terms of the extra TV money they'll get next year, plus the payout for winning, uh, not to mention Champions, you know, League. Champions League and all the merchandise that goes with, with winning this thing. Um, so I don't necessarily, or I don't think at all that it changes the mentality of the bigger clubs to to say, uh, let's not that they're looking for the wrong players, but you know, let's, let's try to get some cheaper players who we think fit in our system. I think you're still going to see them go after some, you know, the big names because, uh, I think this comes off as a fluke, uh, more than anything else. Well, it is going to be the lowest point total for a champion, but I'm not even, I, I, what I'm saying is it's not necessarily that like a team like Aston Villa can win a title anytime soon, but it's not about necessarily winning the title, but even just top four, or it's it's more about getting players that fit a system, no matter what the price, and utilizing their best talents. And you know, someone who was known for tinkering with lineups didn't do it at all mm-hmm. this season. And it's just you play to the strengths of what you have. And if you do that, even as a smaller club or a mid uh, mid sized club, you can do major things in this league. Yeah, I, granted, it has to be. This was a little bit of a perfect storm, you know. If this was like Chelsea performing like they were last season, it would be much a much more interesting season for Leicester, in my opinion. But 
you they they took advantage of a weak top end of the Premier League, which is you can't deny that it's just facts. But kudos to them for showing the consistency nobody else could this season. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest um, things about their run is that they were consistent throughout this entire year. They did change tactics pretty significantly, though. I mean, we uh, made plenty of jokes at the beginning of the year that uh, the worst spot to be in for an opposing team is to be up 2 nothing on Leicester because you knew they were going to come back. Then, as uh, you've noted plenty of times on this podcast, come Boxing Day, they became this defensive juggernaut. Uh you know they've only. I think they've given up fewer than ten goals since then, and so uh, whether I think it's ten exactly. Oh, okay. So you know, uh, Ranieri may not have tinkered with the lineup, but tactically, uh, they they tightened up significantly. Uh, so there was a tinker somewhere. I don't. I didn't uh, watch every second of every Leicester match to figure out when that change occurred or how it occurred, but uh, they definitely you know, adjusted the way they played uh, when we got to 2016 and it's, you know, it looked like they, they could do it. I mean, there was a a stretch of games in that holiday period where we said, you know, if they can get out of this, you know, they've got a shot and they got out of it, but they got out of it by, uh, you know, being a bit better defensive side and then kind of just relying on that, that long ball to Vardy, which paid off pretty well. You have to say that it did, but it's a great story, and I and I hope it gets told correctly in whatever upcoming movie that Dom Hanks has apparently purchased the story for. Yeah, it. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to think um, a a written story on this uh, on this event will be accurate. <laughs> like I, I think we need to keep this to the uh, to the documentary makers and hope that they can you know, capture everything. What, what I really hope is that there were more cameras than just Christian Fuchs's phone uh, when they saw that they won, because as great as that video was, it would be great if they had footage of them watching that game and seeing how they reacted throughout. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there, that Jamie Vardy did not invite television crews to his, <laughs> to his, well, maybe not television crews. You would have seen be, him. Um, you know, my hope is that he, if he's smart, he would have done, you know, hired his own crew and kept that footage for himself to then sell. But yeah, I mean, the to, to go back to what we were saying, I think uh, it gives hope to, uh, you know, obviously the, the other mid to lower table clubs that they can figure out, you know, how to do it. But uh, again, they're they're a bigger financial club than than people are giving them credit for. And so uh, obviously they they found a number of diamonds in the rough with uh, Conte and Mares and Vardy, uh, Bebe Agua, of course. So the uh, I, I'm not sure other clubs can will necessarily be able to to nail that many players at the at one time. I think this was a very special occurrence, and uh, I'm not sure we're we're going to see that again. Uh, I, I, I like I said, it might not be for a Premier League title again, and at least not anytime soon. Uh, but I think that you're going to see clubs sim- uh, do the more simplistic style a- a- with the lower end clubs and just a- and try to take advantage of big clubs, perhaps cracking under the elevated pressure that they're under, which is what Leicester really did. 
Yeah, my, the difficulty I have with that is I think there's still too many big clubs to allow, like the the idea that uh, Stoke or Watford or Swansea can make this run. You're you're relying on uh, Arsenal, Man City, Man United, Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool to struggle again. Everton. Ever, well, yeah, I mean, you're you're, you're banking on this was a, a year where they all pretty much struggled. I, mean, I guess Spurs had a fairly good run, although there's they're only three points up on Arsenal. They're closer to Arsenal than they are to, to Leicester. So, um, in fact, they're closer to Man City, who's in fourth. So the uh, you know, it was a down year for the big clubs, but they're still two through five. And, you know, Liverpool and Chelsea are, are close behind and they're making changes. So um I don't know. I just uh, I don't see it. What I think will be more interesting is to see what happens to Lester. Well, the owner has said that no one's getting sold. Of course, that's what he's supposed to say. Now. Sure. I mean, he has the money to keep them. I mean, well, yeah, at their prices, sure. No, no, no. I mean, like if I mean, one of the big reasons that people go to bigger clubs is because they can simply pay them more. Um, so, you know, obviously. There's there's more to that than just money, but money is a big one. I mean, Real Madrid, Barcelona, you know, they pay significant wages. PSG, um, which yeah. is why they're able to get a lot of these players, you, plus the Champions League. You'd like to you'd like to see them at least defend the title and maybe do a one year of the Champions League before moving on. But that's that's what I would love to see. I don't think you're going to. <laughs> I think guys like N'Golo Conte know there's only really one. Like the iron will never be hotter. Yeah. So especially for a Conte who doesn't get counting stats. Does do they have a chance to finish top four next year? Like, do you think that other the other big clubs will be able to pass them next year? Leicester will have to be better than they were this year to do it. That's the way I'll put it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's impossible because they'll have a lot of money coming in. Yeah, uh, but they can't expect to play the exact same season they did this past season to and and even finish top four. I think next season, you know, the top clubs are going to learn their lesson from this year, and the, and the advantage of being a top club is you can apply whatever you've learned very quickly because you have the money to do so. Yeah, I, I guess the the influx of money that is coming to Leicester doesn't make me think that they are going to use it for other players. It's really to pay for their own. And that's why I'm, I'm not sure the financial windfall of winning the Premier League will uh, help them next year. We'll see. Well, I mean, we'll see about that. I mean, we'll see how many players they give more money to and how much more money they get. Yeah. But I mean, when, you know, let's say if like a Manchester United comes knocking, uh, you know, if, Man- if David De Gea leaves, which he might, uh, mm-hmm. If they come knocking for Casper Schmeichel, who may want to go there because that's where his father played, yep. It, it may. It, 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 there, there might be a stronger pulls to these players than just you know defending a title for Leicester, playing for the club of your father, a, a team that you've probably wanted to play for your entire life. You know that's that's a strong pull. Yeah, and I'm not. My, my guess is United will come calling if they if they leave if they leave if they lose to Haya. Yeah, I. I mean. He's really the only one that applies to, though. I mean, there's well, no, we don't see um, any re- like. Why would Jamie Vardy leave? Well, I, I, about guys like Ngolo Conte, who is from France, and if PSG come calling, you're going to see 
there might be stronger allegiances these guys have than to just defending a team that no one wouldn't even have heard of uh, come, you know, like uh, 12 months ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, these players are thinking of their long-term selves as well, and especially they can get a nice raise for themselves and their families. It's important. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. And also, I mean, not not to knock Leicester as a city, but there are better cities out there to live in. <laughs> That's fair. So it'll be interesting to see, and we'll definitely be looking at it over the summer uh, when we do more of our shenanigans stuff. Actually, we're not. We're, our we're not never coming on our podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if uh, you know what he would admit it to, but <laughs> my, we're not. I was just thinking to myself, we're not going to have that much time for shenanigans this summer. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny you should say that because I was going through the, the Euros and Copa America, schedule I and mean, the Olympics. And the, yeah, the Olympics. Uh, other than than Brazil, I'm not sure we're going to see that many big players in the Olympics. Um, mostly because, you know, we see see them playing in the European Championships and doing both is, uh, you know, most clubs don't allow that. So the, yeah, Copa America starts June 3rd and Euro, Euros start the week after and uh, they end, I think it's June 26th is the Copa America final and the, the uh, European Championships is July 10th, if I remember my dates correctly. So, okay. I mean, that basically gives us the month of July and, you know, I guess it goes through the end of August, but... No, Premier League gets back in the middle of August. Yes, but the, I meant the transfer window closes at the end of August because yeah. we usually get a few games in there, but... Yeah, but then you have the International Champions Cup. <laughs> yeah. You're right. How could I forget that? Um, I believe Leicester plays Real Madrid, which is going to be a nice Champions <laughs> League preview. Uh, Jamie Vardy coming back to play against his former club in Leicester. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Mahrez who made that joke. Wasn't it? Uh, both. Oh, right, because it was right. Vardy for James. Um, no, it, it was also because it was also because Jamie Vardy has you know skipped two levels basically every single season. Right, right, right. And we joked that you know he would be playing for Real Madrid in the Champions League next year, but he's going to be doing that just for yeah. Leicester. Yeah, he's going to be playing against them in the Champions League. That's just nuts. And they're a seeded team too. It's not like they snuck in. I mean, they're going to be on that top line with PSG. Um, who knows who it'll be from La Liga since that's uh, that's going down to the wire. But Juventus, Leicester, yep, makes sense. <sighs> Unbelievable. Um, Never a dull moment. Yeah, but it should be a fun summer. Uh, I, I mean, any sports fan should hope that they stick around, but any reasonable person would understand if, like you said, if Conte left. And I mean, it's really only four guys, right? Five if you count Schmeichel, but. Uh, it's going to be, you know, Schmeichel, Conte, Drinkwater, Mares, and Vardy, right? I mean, anybody else who leaves, it, the hit is replaceable. Yeah. That's I mean, fair. I don't see anyone, you know, desperately trying to sign Wes Morgan or Robert Huth. They wouldn't leave anyway. Yeah. Those, I mean, those, I mean, those two should not want to leave each other. Yeah, that's fair. But you know, we can talk more about that when the windows are open. Let's let let's react now to the micro of this. Let's react to the actual games that did it. Uh, we'll start. Let's start with the game that actually won Leicester the championship, which was uh, Chelsea two, Spurs two. Mm. Spurs going out with, uh, with two two very easy goals for them, to be honest. Yes. Uh, I and I I think I joked I joked with you during the game. 
when was the last time you saw somebody offside against a John Terry led defense? <laughs> um, somebody complained on Twitter. I forget who it was. It might have been last weekend during some MLS games, but just how dumb defenders look when they they realize they get beat. They throw their hand up, and it's clearly not offside, and they just give up on the play. And that's exactly what Terry did. Um, I mean, he knew he wasn't catching Kane anyway. Yeah. Yep. Um, Kane was, you know, a good yard on side. And Terry, instead of trying to make up for it, just threw his hand up and watched Terry Kane score. And this is what I mean. And we've talked about this in previous weeks where you ask about, you know, if John Terry, should John Terry, you know, would you want him to come back and play? And I'm like, no. Because he forces you to play a style where your defenders have to sit so deep because he just doesn't have the legs to defend anymore, anybody with any pace. Mm -hmm. And if you have to have your defenders sit so far back, that means your midfield has to shift back or else you have too far of a gap in between the two lines. And it just and then you get no service to the guys up front. And I still don't know how later on in the game that they got service to their men up front. I honestly (laughs) have no idea. And the second half, it looked like a completely different Tottenham team. And the only, uh, there is no logical explanation except for they froze under the pressure or they cracked under the pressure of what was in front of them that they had to win. And once Chelsea got the first one back when they pegged them back on the set piece, and, let, and let's be honest, I mean, Chelsea weren't looking too threatening before that. And, and then from there, it was mental. It was between it was between the ears. Yeah, it was. Um, it definitely looked like the moment got too big for them. And Chelsea, I was going to say, played like they had been there before, which in the in the realm of playing in a big game, yes. But I mean, they were still the you know coming in and tenth at the table in the table. Uh, and let's be honest, one of the crowning achievements of Chelsea's season was a draw at home against Tottenham. <laughs> right. Who uh, I believe they haven't beaten or Tottenham haven't won at Stamford Bridge in 28, 28 years. years. Yeah. So uh, at halftime, did you think Chelsea could come back? You probably thought they were out of it before the game started, but uh, I, I, I'll put it this way. I, I, I There are bigger long shots in my head, but <laughs> were you upset that it, Chelsea tied it? Yes. Yeah. Because now they're going to think that this is a team that could do something, and it's not. That team, that team against any, basically anyone with, even if it was Tottenham, if they, if Tottenham were out of the, uh, out of the, out of the race for the championship, they would have won four nothing. Pretty much any other team would have just com- completely taken that team apart. It was a Mourinho lineup. It was a stupid lineup. Uh, and I was joking at one point, and this got a decent amount of traction on Twitter. I was surprised that other people noticed it. Uh, John Obi Mikel got the ball. There was no one in front of him in the offensive in the offensive eighteen yard box. He turns to fa- it's like he turns to lay the ball off, which is obviously what he's trying to do, even though he's there was no reason to. And then he lays the ball off to a Tottenham guy. Mm-hmm. And I said, John Obi Mikel <laughs> forgot he was in the opposing opposing team's uh, attacking box and then does something stupid because he's John Obi Mikel. <laughs> and it, 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 he got, he gets so nervous whenever he has to get the ball in any pressure spot, whether it's his own defensive spot or if it's in the offensive zone, it, it, he should never play. Yeah. And yet he's first on the team sheet. That's one problem. And then you, 
compound that by putting Cesc Fabregas as a number 10 when he doesn't have the pace to keep up with the with the pace of play up there. It, I don't know why I don't know why this team was put together the way that it was and also Ivanovic looked terrible. Ivanovic has a right back. We've learned this lesson for years and it's they still put him out there. Like, hey, go humiliate yourself for 90 minutes. <laughs> Do you think it's uh, Ivanovic and Zuma next year? I think it's Zuma and someone who's not on the team yet. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the I think it's clear tried... it's not Miazga yet. It could be. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I think... don't think so. Yeah, I don't think I so. Think, I think it's Zuma. Well, Zuma. I don't think Zuma will be back for the beginning of the season. Yeah. So I, 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 the rumor has it that you know Leonardo, uh, Leonardo Benucci is mm-hmm. the prime target. Yeah, he should be. I mean, if Conte wants to play three in the back, you need three really good center backs, and who've done Chelsea it. have zero. <laughs> who've done Maybe three one. in the back? Yeah, to, or who? Anyway, uh, we don't have to talk about that right now. Let's let, let let's get back to the uh, to the actual ga- game on the field. Eden Hazard for five minutes looked like the Eden Hazard of last year. Yeah, that goal. If you had showed me that goal. Uh, and said, when is this from? Like you easily could have said like last year, like that's how good he looked last year. Yeah. Uh, and these people, uh, and something else we have to talk about too. Uh, first of all, Tottenham are going to get charged as a team cool. for, for violent conduct multiple times. Uh, but there's a rule that I didn't know about. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but if you get six yellow cards in a game as a team, you're automatically charged. Oh, I didn't know that. And you're automatically fined 25,000 pounds as a team. Did uh, they get eight? Or was it nine? They got nine. Yeah, nine, and, and nobody got sent off, which is pretty impressive. That's hard to do. Yeah, it is. Uh, that does not mean that they shouldn't have had somebody yeah. uh, sent off. I, I easily could have been two or three red cards. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, it could have been a, a red card or two on the Chelsea side. Yes. But that game, the last thing that game should have ended as was 11 versus 11. Yeah, we uh, were chatting during the game, and it was all, you know, we were like, you know, every three minutes it felt like uh, towards the end it was like that should have been a red, that should have been a red. How is this guy still in the game? Eric Dyer should have been sent off twice. Um, there were he, he had two borderline red cards. One was definite, and one was it would yeah. have been harsh, but it, you could I could have seen it. Yeah, the yeah. I mean, we the game got out of hand. Like it was as simple as that. And uh, you said early on that um, Clattenburg was letting a little too much go, and you. You accurately said this game is going to get way too, you know, this game's going to get out of hand because he's not being strict enough. That Dembele eye gouge, like, oh. It was, that was hard to spot, but, I mean, no one spotted it live. Yeah. But the FA will suspend him. Yeah, yeah, his season's over. What's what's amazing to me, and I think uh, it might have been Arlo White who tweeted it, and it was like, these players know that there are cameras everywhere. Like the, the idea that you could get away with something like that, like, I don't know why you think that, or you just think, I don't care. I'm just going to put my fingers in this guy's eyeball. Well, it, it, and Jan Vertonghen at the end, when they were having that kerfuffle outside the tunnel, Love that he, word. he first, he first fish hooked Diego Costa and then he just put his whole hand over his mouth Yes, a, yeah. as if that was going to make it better. And in fairness, if there's anyone you're going to do that to, it's going to be Diego Costa, and you'll get away with it. He's lucky he didn't. He didn't he's lucky Diego Costa didn't turn around and punch him in the face. Yeah, but, it was pretty surprising that, like, by the end, that he wasn't the one who looked the craziest. 
it, 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 I agree. Oh my god. Oh, okay. Hold on. So we, we're so we're coming to you. We're basically after the the UCL game. The this the first time I, I just turned it to ESPN. This is the first mention, and it, and this is on around the horn. The first mention on ESPN, besides for Sports Center, of the greatest story in the history of sports for Leicester City. <laughs> I listed oh, Mike and Mike didn't do it. Levitar didn't do it. Uh, Rusillo and Canal didn't do it. In fact. Actually, you know what? Uh, I want you to respond to this because I saw a Danny Cannell tweet. I'm sure it was sarcastic, but he was like, how am I supposed to get excited for a team that won a title after they tied and then another team tied to make them win the title? <laughs> this is full of ignorance. Yeah, the I had a friend who is not a soccer fan at all. And after the game, he basically uh, tweeted to me saying, you know, like, how do I put this in perspective? And that was the most difficult part is that uh, the way I, you know, he was like, can you give me a, a comp for a U.S. major sport? And it was like, nope. I can't. Um, and people don't like that. Like, and, and I think even here's, here's, these betting the odds. Yeah, here's the closest thing. The closest thing is the betting odds thing. And it, but, doesn't, and it doesn't really make it. That's what I was saying. Like, that doesn't even really make it because I don't think people appreciate what that even means. So. The, the number that everybody throws out is 5,001. And the, the best comp that I've seen to help people who do not follow soccer is that the Browns are 200 to one to win the Super Bowl this year. I got one. That's good. Um, but this, but even that, like the, the fact that um, there was a, another Twitter conversation with some of the Roto Grinders guys that I follow. And one of them was like, doesn't follow soccer on it's like well what do you mean there are no playoffs like there's nothing better than game seven and like i think people um because we put such a value on the playoffs that people don't basically just push aside regular season championships because like you didn't win in the playoffs but like it's so much harder to sustain uh winning this long and so my friend who was asking me, he's like, is this the equivalent of like the Sixers winning the championship next year? And it's like, I think it's the equivalent of the Sixers going 73 and nine next year. Like, not that Lester had the best record ever, but like, and the more I go into it, I'm like, I'm sorry, there's, there's just no comp. This is not, this has never happened. It's probably not going to ever happen again. So just appreciate that instead of trying to force an idea that, We've seen this before, and it's just like X. The miracle on ice was a thousand to one. Okay, uh, that's five. I mean, if you think about it. It's five times if you want to do it in just betting odds. Five times more unlikely. And what make? And, 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 but that was only one game. That's what I was saying. Literally yeah. one game. This is a series of thirty-eight games. Right. Playing every team twice. Twice. Now check this, and everyone plays every other team twice. It's an even schedule. Anyway. Right. I'll, I'll give you some random every, things. Every I'll listener give you, okay, I'll, that we have is you, like, yes, we know that we're, we're the soccer people. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple of random things that are more likely than Lester winning this title. Hugh Hefner to admit that he's a virgin. <laughs> 1,000 oh, to I one. saw that one, yeah. <laughs> uh, there, uh, who was it? Uh, Arsenal to sack Arsene Wenger and install Pierce Morgan as their boss. Hmm. 2,500 to one. <laughs> For the soccer fans, so they, they, they can get a gauge on how likely that is. Uh, David Beckham to become the next Manchester City manager is a mere 750 to 1. Yeah, I just, it, I feel I feel bad that I can't 
given there's no way there's no way we've never seen this before and people get upset and confused and they fear what they don't know (laughs) but they have nothing to compare it to instead of just enjoying it so that's what i would say just enjoy the fact that you're seeing something you're likely to never see again in your lifetime and have nothing to compare to yep that's why i hope somebody doesn't ruin it with a dumb movie yeah with a dumb movie guess what it's gonna happen i know they will there'll be a few of them but uh, i all right let's continue it's it's a lot of fun that we follow soccer theoretically for a living and that we got to experience this in it like i i i've taken that away from this that i'm i'm really glad that i had i am invested enough in soccer to appreciate the ridiculousness of leicester city winning the title it's a great day to be alive. Let's talk about their game against Manchester United, where Manchester United did the classic thing. They scored too early. <laughs> left, but, uh, you know, those those upstart Manchester United Red Devils, they scored too early. And Leicester did get the peg them back with Wes Morgan. And as the game grew, Leicester got stronger, and they actually had a couple chances to win it uh, just on uh, – uh, this would be uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they – they played a good game, and then they went down to 10 men when Drinkwater got his second yellow card. I thought that was going to be important against Everton. Uh, it's not. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it's part of me thought that if Manchester United struggled, so I mean, the goal was was a very good goal, but they didn't have a ton of chances. And uh, when Leicester went down to 10 men, I wasn't like, okay, like United – this is they're going to get their goal now, um, nope. because Leicester's so good defensively. I mean, Drinkwater's obviously a part of that, but uh, you know, as long as the guys behind them were still there, I think I was confident they were going to be able to hold on. We, that being said, they were also possibly not going to have Robert Huth. Um, In fact, they aren't going to have Robert Huth. They they charged them. Oh, charge he has been charged. Man- Okay. They charge both him and Fellaini with yeah. violent conduct. I'm sure that I'm sure that Lester clinching the title had something to do with it. <laughs> like they're going to meet zero resistance now. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Fellaini, when Fellaini was taken out by Manchester United, they lost their main threat because mm-hmm. the main, th- besides for Martial's goal, which was a good goal from a Valencia. Yeah. But the only way they looked like they were going to score was through the air with Fellaini. Yeah, because I mean he's. Huth is big, but Fellini can jump and Huth cannot. So like that was basically going to be the matchup. And yeah, Fellini uh, looked good for, you know, for him uh, for a while. And you're right. As soon as, uh, as soon as he was kind of, yeah, he'll look, he'll look better when he's on uh, Everton next year when Moyes takes over again. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> anyway, there's two moments that I did want to mention in this game. That was, I, that was one of them that the whole Huth and, um, Fellaini. Fellaini exchange there and how they're both going to get suspended. Um, just a microcosm of why Leicester have been so consistent. They go down one nothing, and Casper Schmeichel makes a brilliant save to keep it at one nothing, And that propelled Leicester forward to get their equalizer. I think it was three minutes apart. So this it, 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 just... just that's why Leicester are so good mm-hmm. this season because they 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 bend they don't break they score the goals when they need them and especially of late uh, and and, uh, and they played like a champion that day and even though they drew it was a good draw because people don't score at yeah. 
at Old Trafford. They just don't. Yeah, it was the and, eighth eighth goal this season. Yeah. And Schmeichel made five saves, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, De Gea, of course, looked great, and and Wes Morgan hit the, hit the crossbar. I was listening to this game on the radio because I was driving. Uh, and one thing that they one one thing tactically that they said, and they did a great job painting this picture. Um, Wes Morgan had three straight corners where he got his head on the ball and directed it towards net. Once was in, once was over, slightly, and one hit the bar. Wow. And what happened was Rojo was marking him man for man, yeah. and Fellaini was just the zone defender. And once you saw the first uh, for the goal when he just outjumped Rojo, why didn't you switch those two? Have Rojo be the zone guy and have Fellaini <laughs> just stand next to Wes Morgan? Yeah. And I thought that was just tactically something very interesting that uh, maybe maybe they go back during the tape. Louis Van Hall, who admits he's one of the best, best managers in the world, definitely missed that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Self-admitted, good. self-admitted best manager right. in the world. <sighs> Anything else from this game that you saw that you wanted to talk about? Anything fantasy related? I'm just I'm just putting out real life facts here. Not nothing fantasy related. No, I um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens next week with Lester. Um, there were some conversations I, 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 about what happened. I think they're going to play everybody. I think so too. Uh, if I mean, they may not play, you know, the entire time. Obviously, only three guys can come off. Uh, they will play everyone that can play because they deserve that honor guard they're going to get. And even if they lose seven nothing, that initial moment to run out as champions and to hear that crowd—that is going to be special. Yeah, I totally agree. I think they actually will end up well we can discuss this later in the week but i think they're going to crush everton but i think yeah i think vardy mares and conte will be this the three subs the score will be irrelevant yeah it will be one i think it, they'll be partying still from monday night yeah i i don't think it stopped it was a bank holiday as well on monday so no one was working that day either so <laughs> no it probably happened on tuesday either exactly <laughs> well <laughs> there's more to react to including uh more squad rotation for manchester city uh, preparing for their game against Real Madrid tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, but they got spanked by Southampton uh, at St. Mary's. But Kelechi Iheanacho did well. Yeah, I think uh, he was he was going to be the pick um, once we saw that nobody yeah. else was playing. So, uh, does did the Sadio Mane's hat trick make you think he's a viable fantasy option? Yeah, especially for Manchester United next season. <laughs> I but just no. Uh... but no. To, to quickly answer your question, no, because he's uh, of late. He's of the last couple of weeks. He's been good, but this upcoming week we're gonna have double game week. So for season long people, uh, he's not one of them. So he's gonna be lower on the list in terms of rankings. So yeah, I um I kind of put him in the same category. I think his upside might be a little higher, but I kind of put him in the same category as Ross Barkley that you'll have these games where they have two or three goals and then they won't score again for three months. And I just picking the right game is so difficult. Um, Dusan Tadic had three assists though. Yeah. Well, he's, and he's been Shane, a little more and Shane long yeah, and Shane long is the forward because Gracio and Pelly didn't start because he wasn't, didn't try hard enough in training. Hey, look, you got to try hard to play. Apparently that's right. Just ask Alan Pardew with Patrick Bamford. <laughs> I, I, I will not let that go. No, especially after Bamford was ripping it up once he went and to Norwich. So looking really quickly ahead to game week 37, Southampton's one and only opponent at Spurs. Mm, yeah. So not exactly the matchup you want to try to exploit. Mm, I don't know. Trippier. It'll be a Trippier game, right? No, no, no. I meant for Southampton. I know. 
wouldn't they? I mean, they, who are Spurs going to put out there? That's a good question, actually. That'll be a Tom Carroll and Trippier Like I said, and... I was just quickly looked at the yeah. matchup. I haven't <laughs> actually t- done any of the work yet for it. I'm still, uh, still, still reacting. Still reacting, exactly. <laughs> Let's continue reacting. Another team, the theme of squad rotation. So uh, Liverpool made, Ooh. I think it was nine changes. Yeah. Did you play? No. What? No, no, no. <laughs> no I would never play for Liverpool. Huh. LeBron James did, though. No. Yeah. <laughs> He does. He does own their. Mar- I think he owns. Yeah, a he's, piece a of their Fenway, he's a Fenway. He's a Fenway investor, yeah, it, I think. Whatever. Uh, but Christian Benteke scored. That's how. And it was from Shaggy Ojo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's all you need to know about the lineup that was put out there by Liverpool. There's a lot of changes. Uh, it was Sturridge fun played to, ninety. It was fun to see Andre Ayew do something. Yeah, you were the first person I thought of when I saw him score. So you have that going for you. Not only did he score, he scored twice. Yeah. yeah. And Lucas Fabianski had his typical game, let up one goal. Let up one goal, yeah. Um, I think we, like, obviously IU could not score again for, like, three months. I, I guess not the season's over, I can say that. But, like, nothing makes me think, like, oh, I got to start picking IU. No. Sigurdsson got his assist, which was good to see. Yep. But, you know, this game kind of went the way – we thought it would because of all the changes. There yeah. was really no one to trust. Yep. So except for Sigurdsson, who did get you some points. Yep. Yep. If you if you if you were daring enough to pick Andre Ayew, I would have laughed at you, and I will continue to laugh at you if you do it again next yeah, week. Yeah, I would too. I, I mean, there was, I mean, there were obviously people who picked him, but um, that, I mean, in, in fairness, uh, playing against Liverpool B squad is like ripe for opportunity. But uh, you know, Ayew had just as much chance I feel like to score as Jefferson Montero or Jack Cork who did score. I know. Uh, here's, here's a game that surprised me as we continue to react to game week 36 Arsenal won Norwich nil, not because of, not because of the actual result, but because of what the, what the score line was. Olivier Giroud started again. And that is the reason, but he got an assist to Welbeck. Yep. Because Welbeck was on. I mean, Welbeck has just been so much better. What was weird is that uh, Arsene Wenger made some comment after the game about how he was like, yeah, well, Danny's really coming on. And it's like he's been so much better than Olivier Giroud for the last five months that not starting him is just like egregiously bad. I trust me. I know all about starting the wrong person <laughs> at the wrong position. Yeah. I, I know all about it. Uh, I think Arsenal, not that they've given up, but they... I mean, they're giving up. They have nothing left to play for. The only thing they have left to play for is finishing ahead of Spurs. Spurs? That's which is something. They play at Man City next week. That's Arsenal, which is the kind game, of big for a top the game four. for third place. Yeah, actually, you know, oh, third versus fourth. Third for, yeah, you know, I'm saying that's a big third deal. Four, well, it is and it isn't. It, it is for Arsenal. It is not for Manchester uh, for Manchester City because the only team that could have ousted them out of fourth place is themselves. But that's what I mean. Like if they lose, I, I guess theoretically, if they win uh, on Wednesday and they beat Real Madrid to make the Champions League final, then they can treat this game a little less. Not that I thought they would. Not that I think they'd beat Atletico, but in a one game, you never know. But. Puncher's chance in that case. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Arsenal, I mean, that could be a, a, I don't want to call it a six-pointer, but basically Arsenal could draw even with Spurs um, if they win and, and Spurs lose to Southampton. 
So that's not nothing. Not much. All right. Uh, so let, let's go to the games where there were actually to the games that we actually played. Well, that well, Arsenal was one of them, but yeah. uh, the game that you probably you and I had a lot of the investment in was West Ham three, West Brom nil. Mm. Uh, I can't believe West Ham shut them out. <laughs> That's the most surprising. That was part. the most surprising. Yeah. Uh, what was not surprising is Dimitri Payet got an assist and had tons of crosses and did everything that you wanted him to. Yep. Uh, Andy Carroll got an assist. That mm-hmm. was surprising. Yeah, that's a little surprising. But uh, Chico Coyate made made his presence felt, a goal and an assist for him. Uh, Noble scored too, didn't he? Twice. Yeah. Was it twice? Twice. Noble got two. Is that four and two? Is that what he has now? Whatever. Yeah, you you go ahead and pick Mark Noble. That's the way I'll uh, <laughs> I'll let you pick Mark Noble. Okay. Or Chico Coyote. You've done that once or twice. Yeah. Wow. It is four and two. It's a good stretch for him. But Andy Kelkins uh, continues his point streak in terms of goals or assists. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's the, the hottest forward around. The hottest. I'm not even talking about his man bun. But forward he, around. He is well. Performance-wise, yes. Um, Highest form, uh, whatever you want to put it, however you want to put it. Yeah, I don't want to put it, and I don't want to put him anywhere in that category. <laughs> Is Fine. it not Harry Kane? Uh, I think it's Harry Kane. It's not. Kalechi Iannaccio? Shane Long? Shane Long is the only one I was thinking of. That would, that would be in comp- competition. Mm-hmm. Jermaine Defoe? Not even close. Troy Deeney? Better. We'll talk about Jordan that. Jordan Ayew? Might be Jordan well, Ayew. Jordan Ayew's up there, too. So let's talk about that game, because Aston Villa are finding new ways to lose. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. Really? I couldn't. First of all, first of all, I am supremely disappointed because of how many shares I had of Aurelio Gomez. <laughs> yeah, you... Uh... A lot of people did. I mean, for, he, for he, good he let, uh, and, uh, Up until last week, I think he had 10 more saves than the next person. Hmm. Yeah. And the, he's got, he got no saves and let up two goals against Aston Villa. That is hard to do. The Troy Deeney, like, talk, because we, we uh, on the Friday podcast, we were saying, like, everybody's going to be on Deeney. And I was like, maybe I'll go with Igalo because everybody's going on Deeney. And for 87 minutes, fading Deeney was the right call. And ten minutes later, you guys minutes? got ninety minutes. Were they both after ninety? Pulls in extra time. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, I was wrong. If there was no minutes of extra time, he would have, I think, only had one goal. Yeah, and Villa would have had three points, uh, or at one least point. one point. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. Good job, everyone. Does it make you feel any differently about playing against Aston Villa now? That's no. four goals in two games. No. And now they play home against Newcastle. Let's uh, good transition. Ashley Westwood. Hold on. Newcastle won. Crystal Palace nil. Carl Darlow, who I did say was playing very well last week on the podcast, and Andrew Townsend too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrew Townsend picking up the goal. Darlow saves a penalty. uh, And Mm -hmm. you're saying they've been better defensively with Rafa. They've been better defensively. Darlow had three saves plus a penalty save. So yeah, points big, galore huge for him. Yeah, it's galore for him. Uh, Townsend scoring on the free kick that actually has now Newcastle out of the relegation. Yeah, yeah. Sunderland have a game in hand, so 
yep. there's that. But um, that game in hand, by the way, I think is against they have Chelsea and Everton. I think it's Everton. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, the idea that one of them, well, there I've seen like so many articles about like th- why Rafa should stay if they go down, and it's like there's no way he's staying. Nope. I'm not sure why anybody would even waste the time writing about it. Yep. I fully agree with you. But do you have any thought that Norwich could stay up? They'd have to make one more push. I don't know if they have it. Yeah. Uh, You know what I mean? They can't do it on the way that they're playing now. So they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to show more fight again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they have it. The, they've got three games left. Um, they host United this weekend, which is tough, but at least they're hosting them. Then they play Wednesday against Watford, and then they finish at Everton. I mean, you could get some points out of those games. You... <sighs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. From a watchability standpoint, I hope they go down. And not because like the jerseys uh, hurt my eyes, but like yeah, I just yeah, yeah, they're yeah. just not a fun team to watch. So I'm perfectly content with them going down. I'm content with any of those three going down. They've they've all been terrible at some point this season. Yeah. Or extended points this season, I'll say. Yeah. I think that's fair. I would be fine. I I. I feel a little more passionately about Sunderland staying up for some reason. Explain. I don't know what it is. I, I just like the watching Newcastle for how poor they've been this season makes like just, they don't seem like they want to stay up. Whereas Sunderland, I feel like are giving it a fighting chance. They just stink. And some American bias because Deandre Yedlin's there. Hmm. Maybe that's what Newcastle's missing an out-of-position American, 19-year-old American. He's probably like 22 by now, but I don't know. It, my, uh, uh, I, I think all of those teams have just – I mean, Newcastle would be the biggest shame to go down because they've made the investment to me. I mean, they spent 80 million pounds this season. That would be a shame if that level – I've compared them to the Green Bay Packers because they're kind of isolated geographically, but they have a gigantic stadium and a gigantic fan base. Yeah, and to see that to see them go down, I think would be a shame for the country's as a, the sport as you know the country's representation as a sport. Their stadium is one of their national stadiums. I think they are the epitome of what happens when you just throw money at a problem. But, so I actually look at it the other way. Eighty million dollars, like eighty million pounds. 80, so it's excuse me, eighty million pounds, like hundred and some hundred plus million dollars. That's not throwing money in a problem. Is not the way. I don't think they. Spoke. I don't. But who do who do you think they they spent money on that they shouldn't have? I mean, you have to even look at the guys that they bought last year that never worked out. Think of guys like I, Remy, I'm talking about eighty million Remy pounds, Cabella just, and um. It's 80 million pounds just from the start of this season. I mean, I don't think they threw money at a problem per se. I think they definitely threw a lot of money around in January because they were because they were in the position they were. But those players are not the problem. 
Uh, especially really? Andros Townsend. No. Well, Townsend maybe not. But Ta- Townsend and Shelby were the two big players that they bought. Well, Shelby turned out to be a bust. Not uh, when it when it was McLaren. No, I disagree wholeheartedly. I think he was the best player on the pitch. But under Rafa, I think that's changed a little bit. I, I still don't know why he's not playing. To be honest. Hmm. Um. Anyway, we can talk about that another time. This is not a Newcastle podcast. I can't believe I'm saying those words. Uh, let's go to the other Northeast team. We were uh, talking about them a little bit just not that long ago. Sunderland won, Stoke won, mm. a late equalizer for Jermaine Defoe to cancel out Arnautovic's earlier goal, assisted from the one and only Peter Crouch. <laughs> the uh, Listening to our Friday podcast, we were saying how Stoke basically just gave up. Like That's how it looks to us. And... I don't want to say they looked like that on on Saturday because obviously they were winning, but uh, I had no thought that they would end up with three points. And when I saw that Defoe tied it, uh, the my my response was, "Yeah, like that that was coming," because uh, that's what you get with a team that's fighting for to stay up and another that has absolutely nothing to play for. Um. Yeah. That that, that is what you get. Uh, that's uh, that is what you get. I totally agree. Also, not surprising that Jermaine Defoe scored that goal, yep. and also uh, it, everything that's on this 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 score sheet is exactly what you'd think. If Stoke had scored a goal, most likely would have been Arnautovic. If Sunderland scored a goal, most likely would have been Jermaine Defoe. Yep. The most unlikely thing is that Peter Crouch got an assist. Yeah, I saw him starting, and some people were like, "Oh, do you, would would you play Crouch?" And it's like. I never, there's never. never a situation where I'm going to play Peter Crouch. Nope. Uh, I'm a little disappointed Vito Manone didn't get more saves, mm. but other, but I mean, going, he did, uh, Sunderland as a team did nothing to convince you that they would suddenly drop off in their double game week where they need to actually pick up points. Yes. Yep. All right. So let's wrap up this, 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 this podcast with, uh, with Everton 2, Burnmouth 1, Burnmouth continuing to disappoint in terms of uh, Max Gradle, Matt Ritchie. So, I mean, Joshua King got his assist, which is nice. Uh, but, you know, Leighton Baines and Tom, and Tom Cleverly got, uh, did the business for Everton. Uh, Ross Barkley did get an assist, and Clever, uh, Cleverly actually got a goal and an assist. So, good yeah. game for him. Yeah, I mean, the... I think the biggest thing that we're seeing is that Romelu Lukaku has completely disappeared from this team. Uh, he he didn't start, getting, but he, he is uh, getting ready for Euros. Yeah, like that's that's exactly how it reads to me. That's how it feels, and uh, he's going to have a huge opportunity because uh, Benteke had such a horrible season, and Origi's hurt. Origi um, Origi should be back. I, I'm just, I mean. He, He's going to miss a month because of an injury and then have to try to train himself back in. So um, there's a, a big opportunity for Lukaku. Yeah, Lukaku should be the starter. Yeah. He also has played the best of the three this season. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, Belgium, by the way, who have n- no shortage of attacking options. Mm-hmm. So that was, oh, that's why I wanted to bring up. So there are a number of Belgian players on Tottenham, and yet Eden Hazard was so intent on them not. Not winning the title. You think that's awkward at all when they meet up? No. When he was like very publicly stating no. that he didn't want these guys to win? No. Okay. It will not be awkward because they know what the club what the club history is. Hmm. Uh, it's 
you know, if if he said that he would rather see Germany than Bel- – if he was injured and he said, I'd rather see Germany win the Euros than Belgium, yeah, they'd have a problem. Well, I think that's a little different because he – He is Belgian. Belgium. Yeah, <laughs> right. But, you know, I mean, like there's – there's a clear demarcation here that it's a club thing and not a country thing, but I'm sure he's going to be a great teammate. No, I'm not sure of that at all. Um, But I'm really not Uh, for, for for Belgium. Just it's going to be Batshuayi and Lukaku fighting out for that spot. Yeah, maybe. I don't think I even realized Batshuayi was, Batshuayi was a Belgian. Batshuayi was Belgian. Yeah, he is Belgian. That happens to me all the time. I'm like, wow, he's Belgian, huh? Yeah, he is. They're another one that's very good on paper. Belgium, they were the number one team uh, ranked by FIFA for a while. Yep. So I I think they still are. No, they're not. The Netherlands is not in it. I'm just kidding. Did Germany pass him? No, Germany lost to a couple teams, remember? Yeah. It doesn't matter. The FIFA rankings mean crap. Uh, Anyway, basically... We are we are going to be this podcast is it's going to continue for the rest of the season even though there's nothing really for anyone to play <laughs> except for except for getting out of relegation, but those teams can't be counted on to score a bunch of goals <laughs> or to right. not let up goals, so it's really hard to pick anybody from them. So yeah, we have uh, this double th- game week coming up, which we didn't really want to talk about. No, I mean we're going to preview it a little bit. We need to we need to see you know some health reports and some some other things you know. Uh, right. and we will do that later on this week where we'll do a preview. And then, uh, so just, just for scheduling purposes, let's go over this and then we'll, we'll wrap. But, uh, we have the, we're going to, we're going to schedule the weekend games, uh, basically up through Monday. And then we'll preview the Tuesday slate on Monday. I think that's what we're going to have to do. Yeah, it's one game on Tuesday and three on Wednesday. That's what I meant. Yeah. So, uh, we'll talk about. Some double game week for season long people. We'll talk about some double game week at the end of this week. Yeah, we'll talk. Prepare. We'll talk about it. But I mean, as far as the game previews and everything, that those will have to come later. Yeah. Yep. Because there's injuries. There, there's all sorts of things we have to keep, uh, keep a hold account for. Mm-hmm. And also, who you know, four or five days in advance, that preview means nothing. Yeah. So I'm not sure it means a lot one day in advance, but that's just how we do it on the yeah, on the rotowire fantasy soccer podcast uh, so that's uh that's how we'll end this episode and we will catch you later on this week where we will preview game week 37 a double game week get excited everyone thank you for listening to the rotowire fantasy soccer podcast for more great content visit rotowire.com soccer 